We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hi, and welcome to our Sports Card Grinders show, a show where we're here to help you out with sports card investing and trying to guide you to smart decision-making when it comes to buying cards. Uh, before we introduce everyone, please give our video a thumbs up below. Uh, and if you've been enjoying our show, subscribe to the YouTube page and make sure to check us out on the uh, Roto-Grinders Sports Card section where we put up several articles and videos throughout the week. Uh, I'm Simon Edwards. I'm a Roto-Grinders executive producer and content contributor, and I'm joined by another Roto-Grinders content contributor, Brennan Ruby. How's it going, Brennan? It's going good. I'm starting to see more and more buzz around, uh, you know, league commissioners and teams meeting and talking about alternative strategies. So I'm hoping that means uh, we're moving in the right direction here for sports because I think uh, the market's been hot as it is in sports cards, but once sports comes back, I think the the floodgates will open and uh, it'll be a good a good moment in time here after kind of getting beat down here for the last few months. Yeah, for sure. It looks like uh, NFL announced, I think today, uh, that they're asking teams to have their reopening procedures ready by May 15th. So that's, that's definitely a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're also joined by another RG contributor, uh, Josh Wysocki. Uh How's it going, Josh? Good. Uh, and just to touch on what you guys uh, were saying, you know, it's good to see the league start to, you know, ramp back up. I saw a report that the Lakers are, you know, going to open their facility within the next 10 days or so. Um, so it's it's just going to be nice to have, have sports again and uh, – I think that just means more growth for sports card industry. Yeah, for sure. Like it's going to, hopefully it'll take off once sports come back and uh, all of our investments that we've made over the past few months will, uh, will come to fruition. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, we're doing a box break uh, contest next week. 
Um, we're going to be actually opening up nine packs of our uh, 2019 Panini uh, NBA Prism set here. Uh, we're going to be giving uh, nine of those packs away to people who've subscribed to our uh, our partner, sportscardinvestor.com, using the promo code GRINDERS or through our affiliate links uh, that you can find on our articles. Um, we're going to choose nine of those people randomly who've uh, subscribed to the uh, the Market Movers plan. And we're going to be doing a live uh, pack openings next week and, and we'll be in contact with those nine people to send them the cards that they uh, that they win. So if you subscribed through Roto Grinders or using the promo code Grinders, uh, you'll automatically be qualified for that. And if you haven't yet, uh, you'll want to do that before Wednesday night because there's still time to qualify. And uh, we'll also be picking one uh, one person from our sports card Discord for the Roto Grinders Discord to also uh, win a pack of cards. We'll be opening for them. We'll ask some sort of a trivia question or something when that. Uh, when we're live next week, it'll be a live show. So you'll get to see the packs opened in real time. Um, we'll have more details on discord and, and uh, via Roto grinders. So we'll make sure to tweet that out. So keep an eye on our Twitter account for more details on that. Um, let's see. So we're going to start off today uh, by talking about select, which is a panini brand. Uh, we feel that it goes a little bit overlooked. It's more of a, a hobby brand as opposed to a retail brand. Uh, but it's a really nice looking card. And I'm going to call up a page here where we can show you a little bit about the product details of the Panini Select brand. Um, Brennan brought this, this brand to, uh, to my attention at least. Uh, as a potential alternative to prism cards, if you're looking for uh, alternative card to buy that could have, uh, you know, increased popularity over the next couple years or so, uh, Brendan, would you want to tell us a little bit about what you like about this select brand and uh, and why you think that it has so much potential? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the the select brand uh, within Panini's basketball line. I think it is important to know that it's a potential uh, set to compete with with Prism and, and Optic probably has taken over a second right now. Um, but the reason why I like it so much is one, it has a long history. It's been released in, since 2012. And so it's not a set that I feel has been introduced to the market just because the market's hot and there's high demand. Back in 2012, we didn't see anywhere near the demand uh, as we do right now. And it was that was its first year. So it's been every year since then, um, like clockwork. So that's one reason why I like it. Another reason why I like it is because it's hobby only. And now I think that's a double-edged sword because you can't go into Target or Walmart and buy the cards. So less people are introduced to them right away. However, it does help with the print count and the population of those cards. Because you can't buy them um, at every Walmart, at every Target, they're harder to come by, the price point's higher, and, and that kind of means that you are going to see less of them circulated over time. Even as uh, the market continues to grow, it will be one of the more limited mainstream products that you will see. Uh, a third reason why I like it is because of the card look itself. Um, I think the card looks really slick, and one thing I like to do when I invest in cards is invest in cards that I think look really nice. And so, um, not the Prison and Optic don't, they look good as well, but all three of them have a chromium type feel. And uh, I think it's a really slick, high-end looking card. Uh, and, and then lastly, there's it's a it does have parallels uh, like Prism and Optic. However, it's got its own nuance where the base set actually has three versions of, of each rookie. Uh, and so what, what that means is the uh, the concourse version of the card is the most easily uh, available and readily available. Then it goes to the premier level, which is more rare than concourse. And then courtside is the most rare version of a player's card that you can find in select. And so even within the base set, uh, forgetting about parallels for a minute, you can add rarity just by targeting those courtside cards. And they usually have the best look and design as well. And so I think it is a little bit overlooked um, because Prism and Optic get talked about a lot. We talk about it on the show. And for good reason. That's where the market's at right now. But I really do think uh, with 
with Select's history and, and just some other things it has going for it. It's definitely a good investment. Might carry a little bit extra risk because you're relying on the market headed there. But as more and more people flood into the market, I think they're going to be looking for alternatives. And I think Select's in a really good position uh, to take advantage of that. Yeah, Josh, what are your thoughts on this on this brand? Yeah, definitely uh, agree with Brennan on that. It's, you know, making its way, you know, up in popularity. It's number three in terms of popularity right behind Prism and Optic. Uh, I do like, like Brennan said again, the, the three variations of the base. So there's a lot of different levels to enter this set, uh, you know, different price points per card uh, for collectors. So that's nice. Um, they feel like a prism card. Like if you've held a prism card in your hand, there's, they're thicker. They've got that nice finish. These select cards feel like that as well. So it's, it doesn't feel like a cheap, you know, just cardboard or paper card. Um, like some of the other brands, like a lower end, like hoops or something like that. These are a really nice card. Um, you know, and they just, they look really nice. Yeah, and they have a a good variety of uh, of inserts in this uh, set, including these uh, these RPA cards. Really nice looking. Uh, you get the uh, the rookie uh, autograph, and let's see, and jersey patch. Let me just find one of these, which is always nice. And I I think I noticed a uh, I was when I wrote an article for cards that I was targeting this week. Uh, one of the guys that I pointed out was Zion Williamson. And obviously his prism card right now is going for $3,000 for a PSA uh, silver 10. Uh, so it's very, uh, very expensive if you want to get that card. But if you look on select, you can find, I think it was a, I think it was an RPA, like a rookie uh, patch autograph card for under a thousand bucks. It's raw, but it's, it's still, uh, really nice card uh, with a low population for under a thousand for one of the hottest players on the market, uh, and I think compared to some of the other prices you pay for him uh, with the more in the band cards, I think that's a you know like a pretty good buy right there. What do you think of uh, of, of something like that, Brennan? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, with with a with a brand like Select, um, you know, it's 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 going to give you an opportunity, like Josh said, to buy in several different ways. You can go his base court side to get something slightly rare, um, but also at a reasonable price, or you could get something as rare as the zebra print, which is, uh, if you're familiar with uh, revolution, it's kind of like their galactic. It's a rare parallel. It's not numbered, but they're very hard to find. And then you've got things like the RPA, which, uh, is all RPAs for Zion are out of this world, but for a trusted brand like select to get an RPA at a reasonable price. I mean, that's really a a great opportunity if that's in your budget, obviously, even a thousand dollars for many people might be unreachable. But, um, you know, if you've got a low population card like that with an auto and a Jersey of a player that you really trust in, um, you know, taking a shot on that is in my opinion, just as good as taking a shot on, uh, something like a prism, um, at, three times the price, um, just in my opinion. But yeah, I think that's a great way to go. And it might take longer for that to come to fruition because of the liquidity of Prism and because everybody's looking for them. But, um, you know, over the long run, a card like that might appreciate in a pretty good way, especially as everyone that wants a Prism gets one or as the Prism gets so high, it pushes people to alternatives in that at a different price range. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, Got on my screen right now a uh, a look at that Zion RPA card. It's really really just nice looking card. It's uh, very colorful. Um, lots of uh, like lots of that prism look going on on it, and it's just a, just a slick card overall. The only thing I don't like about it is that the uh, the autograph isn't an on card autograph. It's a, mm-hmm. it's one of those stick ons. But uh, other than that, you know the card looks fantastic. I um, think the uh, the serial number run on those RPAs is pretty low too. Yeah. Um, so even more rare. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it looks like this uh, rookie jersey autographs are out of 199. So yeah, so there's 40 different autographed uh, cards, and there's there's 199 of each one of those. Uh, the parallel cards 
they also have those where you can find lower populations. It looks like purple is out of 99 for those. Tie-dye is out of 25. Gold is out of 10. And neon orange pulsar, uh, first off the line, is out of 8. And then they got the, uh, the black one, which is uh, 1 out of 1. So a lot of, lot of good collectability in this set. Um, very, uh, very nice looking set and uh, definitely worth paying attention to. Um, Brennan, have you noticed anything about the, uh, the grading of these cards that might, might uh, affect it popularity-wise? Um, I haven't noticed as far as... Um, so one thing I like to look at is what percentage of cards get a 10 over a 9. And I think this one is uh, a fairly easy grade, which is common with the modern cards. Um, but the thing is, I think the last time I looked at this, this the, the actual PSA population for select was one-third or one-fourth of Optic and Prism. And so the population on those is a lot lower. Um, which is typically good uh, at it from an investment standpoint. Obviously, the market needs to demand the card as well. There's many sets that have very few cards graded because they're not in demand. But for a set like Select, uh, if you get a PSA 9 or PSA 10, uh, you're looking at a lot lower population than you would at a Prism or Optic uh, brand. Um, as far as how easily they grade, one thing you want to look at uh, is the the corners. And the easiest way to earn the corners is 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 to, is popular is something you should look at for every set. Um, but the centering on these as well, I find that a lot of them are off center. Uh, and, and an easy way to tell that for the, the, I can't, it's hard to do it on the court side, but for the, for the concourse and the premier, uh, you want to find an edge where there's, you know, a little bit of a line and you just want to see, I usually take my cursor and see how much of my mouse goes in between the edge of the card and the gold trim. And then I go to the other side and see if it's about the same. Um, that's not a, it's not a foolproof way, but if it's way off, you'll be able to tell that way. Um, so just pay attention to the gold trim on the base cards and how much room is in between the edge of the card on both sides. And you can kind of get an idea of how centered they are. I, I've noticed quite a few of them off center, uh, probably taking them down to a PSA nine because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also, yeah, the, the borders, not having the borders that makes it a little bit tougher to, to mm-hmm. center. Um, I noticed they have a uh, what they call the die cut card, and that looks like the the borders are 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 just like uh, like completely cut differently than a normal card. Um, you want to go into that that at all? Like it looks like a just it's not the typical rectangle shape. It's it's just it's it's cut like the shape of the design of the card. It's very uh, very interesting uh, interesting look. Yeah, no, absolutely. The die cut is. So it's typically carries more, usually they're in parallels. So you won't find a die cut for a base card, but some of their parallels uh, will have a die cut version. And that just means that you're right. It is a design. It's not a rectangle like you would normally see. There's usually curved edges. There's usually uh, different designs. I think it's a personal preference thing. Like I, for one, am not a huge fan of the die cut look. However, if you were to go out and look at those cards, they carry a pretty heavy premium to other base cards and things like that. And so I think a lot of collectors and investors like the die cut look. I'm not one of them, but however, you have to be especially careful with the edges on those and the corners on those, because now instead of going from four with straight lines across, now you've got a lot of curves. You've got, um, you know, maybe sometimes multiple corners. You've sometimes got six to eight corners based on how it's cut. And so uh, you have to be definitely careful when you're looking at die cuts. If you want to get them graded, that the edges and the corners are in good shape because those do tend to get beat up a little bit more than your rectangle cards. Um, But they do look pretty slick and and they're definitely in demand, especially since most of them are numbered uh, to a limited print run. Yeah, and I imagine something like that would be super tough to, uh, to grade. Um, Josh, have you seen those die cuts? Like what, what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, I agree with, you know, the grading of, of die cuts. There's just more surface area, more edges, um, to grade that, that could get dinged. And so it's going to be harder, especially if you're sending to somebody like BGS where they actually have a grade for edges. Um, it's, it's going to be tougher to get a good grade on a card that has, just more edging than a standard rectangular card. Yeah, for sure. 
So um, another one of the brands that we wanted to discuss that's an alternative to Prism are the uh, Mosaic brands, uh, is the Mosaic brand. And wanted to talk about this one because it looks like they're going to be having a Dutch auction on Panini uh, on their website uh, next week on the 13th at 10 a.m., I believe. And this is a card set that's been flying off the shelves uh, when it was introduced to Walmart. It hasn't been introduced nationwide yet, I don't believe, and it hasn't been introduced to all the stores, retail stores yet, just because their uh, their print uh, printing had to stop with uh, Texas being quarantined, I believe, and that's where they, uh, I believe they print it. So it looks like Panini is going to start selling them online, the first off-the-line boxes next week. And like I said, it's, it's going to be a Dutch auction. So those can be a little bit tricky when it comes to trying to figure out what you want to pay uh, for a box like that. So if you guys are trying to, trying to figure out what you want to pay, first, first I'll explain what a Dutch auction is. They start the price at about $1,000. They start selling the boxes at about $1,000. And every five minutes, the price goes down a little bit until it either sells out or it hits a minimum of uh, $250 a box. So a lot of times, somewhere in between that 1000 and the 250 the boxes are going to sell out. So it's, it's a matter of trying to decipher when it'll hit that price point where p- the demand is just too strong and the cards finally sell out. So if you guys are doing this, like how do you figure out what price these first the first off the line boxes are worth and and how do you how do you uh mentally go in it, it it's like a game of of poker you're playing against a bunch of other poker players and you're and you're trying to figure out what they're thinking as far as as far as price so what kind of strategy you guys would use for this so i personally so this is something that's a little bit out of um, the realm of what I do. I typically don't even open boxes or packs a lot, but what I would recommend is looking at the premium that other boxes are selling for on eBay, which might give you an idea of how much people are willing to pay over market value. Now every set is different, so it's not going to be a perfect, uh, perfect match, but you could go onto eBay and see what prism sells for, um, as a, I would say probably a, a hobby box. Uh, well, I take that back because Mosaic, I think, is a, a retail as well. So you could take a look at maybe Prism or Optic or Revolution, check out what the retail price is, what, what you know, what uh, markup they have on eBay, and that'll give you a good idea of when you probably should start looking. So if it's set to sell at 250 and Prism and Optic are selling at 100% markup, that means you might want to start looking at 500. Um, but considering the the pent up demand and how many products are being pushed back, uh, it's kind of hard to tell how crazy these will go for. Um, but certainly don't purchase anything that you can't afford to begin with. So if your budget is 500, you just hope it gets to you. And if not, you can buy some cards and packs off of uh, eBay or something once it comes out. But uh, maybe do some market research on what the average markup is on eBay for other boxes like this, and it might give you a target to look at. Yeah, Josh, what kind of uh, strategy would you take on this? Yeah, I would agree. Just comparing to first off the line Prism when that came out, seeing what that finished off at when they did the Dutch auction for that, seeing what it's selling at now, trying to you know make make your own judgment on what what you think the price is going to end up at. But also, like Brennan said, there's you know such high demand right now, even compared to when Prism came out, when there was high demand, the scarcity of the printing being stopped on the retail versions of Mosaic, so that's not in the stores as as much as it should be. Um, you know, I I kind of think this is going to sell out at a, at a higher price because of you know all those factors. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that you'll notice on eBay is the boxes are going for uh, several times over what retail is right now on eBay, just because uh, it wasn't distributed everywhere. So there's a there's a probably an inflated demand, um, probably more so than it's than it should be. So I'd be careful on on buying this one. Don't set your uh, your price too high on it. I, I kind of did a comparison uh, looking at. Uh, brands that are 
the Prism brand uh, Mega Box, uh, which is going for as low as about 225 on eBay right now, and the 2019 first off the line Hobby Box uh, for 2019 Prism is going for about as low as 1200. So that's about 5x. So if you apply 5x to the $55 retail of Mosaic, it comes out to be about 287 a box. So I think, you know, like 300 might be a reasonable target for it. And if, if you think that everybody else is thinking 300, you might want to go 325 or something like that uh, to make sure that you get the boxes if you want them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd pay more than that for, uh, for a box of these cards. Yeah, I agree with that. And I actually think there'll be a little bit of a premium um, to what uh, to the, the 5X, just, just because of the uh, massive context around the situation that we're in right now. So I, you know, if it's starting at 1,000 going down to 250, um, I'd be surprised if it makes it much past 450, 500. Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're looking at 350 or 400, and as it gets close, if you want to lock it in, you can lock it in at a little bit more. Um, however, uh, just know that in, in our, our partner at sports card investor did a really good uh, video about this, but whenever there's a new product, there's a spike at the very beginning and then it kind of levels out to a nice baseline. So, um, you know, buying early can be tricky. Um, you know, however, the first off the line has a lot of good deals inside of it, things you won't find anywhere else. So if you're in the market for it, just go in with a strategy and execute that. And don't, don't let the excitement and emotion get to you in the moment because uh, those Dutch auctions can be pretty, pretty thrilling. Uh, I've watched a few in, in a discord chat before and the people go crazy. And I, and I understand why it's uh it's pretty exhilarating to watch that clock go down and, and try to get your number. Yeah. And if you do buy, uh, with the intent in selling, you probably want to sell it pretty quick while the demand is is so high, you know, because if, if those boxes start coming, uh, the printing starts spitting them out faster and, and you're getting a, a, a flood onto the market, then the prices will probably not be where they're at right now. So it might be the best time to actually sell right now. Um, okay, so... Uh, we're talking about Panini releases. Let's go to check out some of the upcoming releases for May. Um, we were scrolling through before the show, and we noticed that uh, on May 15th, uh, they're supposed to be releasing the 2019 Panini Chronicles football. So let's talk a little bit about that. I'm calling up the uh, the page for the set right here. Uh, Brennan, what are your thoughts on, on, on this brand as an alternative brand to invest in? Yeah. So for someone like me who doesn't invest a lot into football, this is actually looks like a pretty cool set. Uh, Cause this year, this doesn't happen every year, but this year Chronicles is, is taking some of the other popular brands that have made appearances in the past year and adding them all into one set. So for instance, uh, Crown Royale is something that uh, is prevalent in basketball as well. That's in here. Um, it looks like they've got uh, the Classics. So Classics is a set that's been around for a little while. Um, I'm a fan of Court Kings. It looks like they've got Gridiron Kings in here for the Chronicles. Um, and then you've got things, uh, you know, some other sets that I'm not so familiar with, but they look like they have really cool designs, uh, scores in here. So if you're if you're someone who's not serious about football, or maybe you are and you like some of the, the mixed bag of brands you're getting, I actually think this is a pretty cool set to look at. Now, I don't, I can't imagine that uh, high value rookie cards are going to come out of here. Um, I imagine that we're going to have to wait for some of the other bigger sets that are going to come out with them in their pro jerseys. But uh, if you like some of the veterans or if you just are a fan of autos and cool designs, I think this set is actually going to be a, a pretty cool buy. I just don't think you're going to find uh, the rookies that we're going to be targeting uh, until we get to those prisms and other sets. Uh, but overall, this looks pretty cool. I'll probably try to grab a couple of boxes if they're good prices. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, um, to touch on the rookies, I think um, the rookies in this release will still be um, 2019. So I think you're still going to be okay. searching for Kyler um, yep. Murray rookies and things like that. If it's, if it's anything like Chronicles NBA was last year, last year's Chronicles NBA had a lot of different 
rookie variation cards in it um, in the release. That was just retail. Um, so I'm not sure if that'll carry over to football because this is a hobby, I believe. Um, but just something to, to think about, to look into, to see if, you know, you are getting uh, a bunch of rookie cards out of this set too. Yeah. I'm looking right now at the, uh, at the Beckett uh, page for, for the checklist or whatever this is. And it has a very nice looking uh, autograph Kyler Murray card. It's very clean looking. Um, it's, it's not an on-card autograph, but it's still very uh, clean looking card. Uh, pretty, pretty nice looking. Is this a, is this a retail set or is this a, a hobby set? I believe I believe it's at least uh, available in hobby. I don't know if it's retail, but it looks like here autographs are two per hobby box. So if you are going the hobby route, you, it looks like you're guaranteed uh, on average, I guess, at least two autographs per hobby box. I don't know if it's available in retail or not. That's a good question. Yeah, it yeah. looks like at least from this page on Beckett, it says uh, just hobby. Okay. There's, there's a nice looking um, Lamar Jackson uh, Crown Royale uh, RPA in here, or not RPA, but uh, patch autograph in here that looks pretty, pretty nice too. So it looks like they have a, I guess they have a mix of uh, veterans and, uh, and rookies for some of these autographs. Yeah, that's a nice set. So uh, another one that we were looking on at on this list was let's see the panini noir uh basketball and uh brennan do you want to uh do you want to go over this one a little bit yeah so this is another one of those high-end brands that kind of take a back seat to things like national treasures and immaculate however the cards look really slick and you know i don't think there's any problem in chasing some of these the ones that I like the most, I don't own any of them yet, are the on-card autos with the gold ink. With with the way that the card is set up, there, you know, there's it's it's heavy on like black backgrounds uh, with some gold in there and different coloring. Um, and the gold ink just looks really slick on the cards, so I might try to grab some of those. They've also got this set in Noir where they feature the player's shoes uh, more so than the actual player themselves. So that's another. Uh, kind of wrinkle that you won't find anywhere else. So they're really nice looking cards. Uh, you'll definitely be able to find them at a discount than what you'll find at something like a National Treasures. Um, however, it is kind of something like uh, Impeccable, which I'm also a fan of. They're on the higher end. However, they haven't reached the same level as something like Immaculate and National Treasures. But otherwise, they're very, very slick cards and ones that I'll probably be picking up this year at some point. Yeah, the uh, looking at the gold autograph right now, and that looks that looks really nice. Um, and with all the pent up uh, demand for NBA right now, I think that it's a good time to start looking at these alternative brands because everybody's going to be looking for something to buy, and and uh, you know you never you never know if one of these things will catch fire. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, Noir is is uh, you know one of the higher end brands for sure but you can get it at a discount from the really high-end stuff and i do really like the the sneaker uh showcase cards um you know i was a sneakerhead growing up so those yeah. those cards really uh intrigue me they, they look nice i've i've also seen cards i don't know if it's the more brand but i've instead of uh like a jersey or patch they actually do pieces of the shoe. Um, so I don't know if it's, it, it's not showing in the set, but I have seen those cards before. So I don't know if yeah. that will be in this set or uh, another brand like uh, National Treasures. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh, <clears throat> National Treasures, I think it was scheduled to be released actually next week, but it looks like that's been pushed back to uh, to some point in June. So we're going to have to wait for another show to talk about that one. Um, let's see. I'm looking at, uh, looking at this list right now. I saw it earlier. Yeah. Some, sometime towards mid to, uh, mid to late June, it looks like that might get pushed back too. So we're going to have to, uh, wait a little bit longer to get those, those national treasures, but that looks like a great set too. So we'll, we'll talk about that another week. 
Um, so we wanted to also talk this week about uh, SGC grading and uh, why it might be a good alternative to uh, PSA or Beckett grading. Um, it's a, a less popular grading system, but uh, you guys have both used it recently. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us about your experience a little bit with it, Josh? Yep. I have uh, currently two orders in with them. Uh, my first order just hit the 10-day mark, so it should be shipping back to me any, any day now. Um, I have 15 cards with them. It's, like I said, my first experience with them. I, I sent some cards that I think will 10, but I also sent some cards that I know have some issues, soft corners, scratching, things like that. Um, and I just sent those in just to see what they would grade at to, to try to get a feel for, um, f- for how they grade. And um, just in terms of SGC in the market, um, PSA and BGS of, you know, the, the two of them have kind of cornered the market in terms of grading, but I, I think there's room for a third just with the volume of people entering the market and wanting to grade. There's, there's really going to have to be a third one just because of the backlog at the other two, other two places. Um, I, I like the look of the SGC case too. I haven't been able to hold one in my hands yet. So um, like I have PSA or BGS, but they do something different. They have a black, uh, black border around the card, which, which really to me makes the card pop more than the other two uh, PSA and BGS where it's just clear. Um, so I'm really curious once I actually have it in my hand is to just feel it and, and see how much more it makes the, makes the card pop. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, what are some, uh, some pros and cons that, uh, that you've noticed about SGC? Sure. The, the pros are, like Josh said, the turnaround times. There's such a backlog at PSA and BGS. SGC is in a position uh, where they can actually turn things around at or at least reasonably close to what you've ordered. Um, I, I do know that I, I think I've seen a, a message from them on Twitter that they're running a little bit behind, but not nearly as much as PSA and BGS, which their turnaround times are, uh, I mean, they're, they're, it's almost like a halfway point at this point, if not worse. And so that's one of the pros. If you want to get your card back and on back on the market quickly, that's, that's a pro. Um, the other pro is they're a, they're, they're a, they're a market disruptor. So we've had BGS and PSA, uh, you know, kind of pushing along for many years as at the top of the hill. And now they're going to get a little bit of pressure. And so we'll see if that, you know, forces them to hire more people just to lower their turnaround times, lower their prices. If not, SGC could absolutely come in and, and become, uh, you know, become someone who is a, a third player in that race. Uh, that being said, uh, for them to be, to reach that level, we have to see their cards valued in the same way as BGS and PSA. So they're still selling at a little bit of a discount. Um, it's not as much as it used to be. So they're closing the gap. I think we're all interested to see once PSA and BGS are back up and running at full strength, if people will choose to go back there or stick with SGC. Uh, I do agree that the case looks nice with the black the black border or the, the black fill inside the plastic. Um, I think that their header is a little bit basic right now, but that's something they're one of the people that work there has said they're looking to change soon. So I don't think that'll be a problem forever. Um, but the one thing that I think might save them um, or, or might put them in that race is they've got a PSA feel from a case perspective, but they have the 9.5, which is something PSA doesn't have. And so if you're someone who has a car that's on the fence between a nine and a 10 from a PSA perspective, dropping from a nine uh, to a nine from a 10 is a huge loss in value now, if it should have come through as a 9.5, that would kind of protect your investment a little bit more. So that 9.5 is a big deal. Uh, we see BGS 9.5s trading uh, at premiums to nines. And so it'll be interesting to see if that plays a factor in this as we, as we move forward. What's the, uh, what's the cost difference between getting something graded by SCC and those other brands? Uh, so S so SGC, I believe is $10 a card plus shipping. Uh, and Josh can correct me if I'm wrong. And that's for the 20 day. So I don't know what uh, the prices are as you move up. I know I have an order out the door for a 20 day. And I think I got 10 cards in there for, 
I think 120 bucks. I think the shipping was 25 and I had a promo code to get it down to 850 a card. So you can get uh, a pretty good mm-hmm. amount for a decent price. PSA, that probably would have cost me, um, I don't know, probably close to 200, I bet. Yeah, I, uh, my, uh, my first submission was uh, April 21st. I did a, that was the 10 day and that was 15 cards for after everything shipping and, you know, insurance was 235 for the 15 cards. I think it ended up being like 16 or $17 a card. Um, the one I did just on the May 3rd was 11 cards and I did the 20 day for $10 um, and that was 11 cards for 119. Um, also, just to touch on like the backlog at PSA and BGS. So my order number on the 21st with SGC was 3,511. On the third, it's 4,000, sorry, 35,011. On the third, it's 40,635. So in less than two weeks, they've had over 5,000 submissions. Um, so they're pretty busy now too. Um, so I'll be curious to see how close to their turnaround time they're going to, they're going to stick to. I can't imagine to be anything like PSA. I mean, PSA turnaround time stated 45 days is turning into 90, uh, 120 days. So, um, I don't anticipate that much of a backlog at SGC. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot, a lot of cards to go through. So, yeah, hopefully uh, these these companies can uh, um, can get caught up pretty quickly and uh, and get people their cards back. Which uh, which cards are you waiting on right now, Josh, to get uh, get back to you? Um, like I said, my first order was some Jordan cards that I've had since I was a kid. I doubt any of them will even nine, maybe nine five if I'm lucky. Um, but that was more of like the 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 test case. Um, I did a couple of prism, uh, Steph Curry's LeBron James, Zion, uh, that I ripped myself this year. Um, and my other submission, the more recent one, um, some more prism. Um, I do have one, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Upper deck rookie. It's off center. So it's not going to 10. I might get lucky and get an eight on that, but, uh, that's a card I've had, you know, since I was a kid. So that holds some sentimental value to me. So I just wanted it slabbed and, uh, yeah, just some other random, random stuff. Giannis rookie. So we'll see. Hopefully I get some good grades on them. I'm with you on that one, man. Like this one, uh, this (laughs) one looks a little off centered though. So I don't think I'd be sending this one in, but you can check out the borders on that one. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, uh, so let's move on. I'm going to uh, remind people again about a con- the contest that we're running next week. Uh, don't forget to uh, to subscribe to SportsCardInvestor.com. Use the promo, Kyle, uh, promo code Grinders to get 20% off your first uh, your first purchase price. The um, the one that you want to enter uh, subscribe to in order to qualify for the contest we're running next week is the Market Movers Plan. Uh, that'll instantly qualify you to potentially win a pack of cards when we do our live uh, pack breaks next week. There's going to be nine given away to people who've subscribed uh, through our links or through our promo code. And then there's going to be one that's given away in our Roto-Grinders sports card discord uh, live during the show. So make sure to uh, sign up for that and be ready to answer a trivia question next Wednesday. I believe uh, 5.30 Eastern is what time we'll go live next week. So uh, just be ready for that. Um, so before we get out of here, um, let's, uh, let's go over what we're, what we're targeting, which, which players that we're targeting right now in the sports card market. Uh, Brennan, let's start with you. Who are you targeting? Sure. So I'm targeting guys that I think might have um, what I call a moment in the playoffs this year. So when guys have moments, whether they're big games, championships, awards, uh, or different other storylines that they have, you see their card prices go up. And so I'm trying to target guys that I think might have moments in the playoffs, but are still at reasonable prices. Um, Jason Tatum is somebody who 
you whose price has already come up, but his teammate Jalen Brown has stayed pretty flat. And the crazy thing about that is, and I know it seems like forever ago that we had the all-star break, we weren't quite sure which one was going to make the all-star team. They both played at very similar levels this year. However, Jason Tatum's a year younger. He carries a little bit more star power. And so he's kind of caught on. That being said, Jalen Brown has already been locked in long-term with a max extension or close to a max extension with Boston. And so if we think Jason Tatum's going to have a great career, you're certainly Boston will try to lock him in. Jalen Brown will probably be a secondhand man uh, for the near future. And I think he's a very good investment right now because as early as this year, he could have quite a few uh, good games in the playoffs and Boston could make a little bit of a run. And so Jalen Brown is one guy I'm looking at. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is another guy I'm looking at. He had a moment early this year. And then for some reason, Mike Malone, the coach, decided to play him less than he was in the middle of the season. He feels like a rookie because he didn't play last year, but this is his second year. Uh, outside of the injury issues he had in college, he was considered the best player in his draft. And so I think if he has a breakout this playoffs or early next season, this is the time to get his cards because I don't think they're going to come back down. He is selling it quite a discount to Luca, which is to be expected, and he'll probably never reach that level, but also Trey Young, both guys who he was competing with in his draft class. So I think Michael Porter Jr. could see minutes this playoff and be good. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of veterans I'm targeting, Paul George, on the Clippers, I think he's vastly undervalued in his entire career, and I think it might take one or two championships with Kawhi as his second guy uh, to push his prices up. The problem with Paul George is his rookie market is undervalued, but I'm still curious if people are going to be trying to ca- uh, chase his Clipper cards, his Clipper rookie cards, which is in 2019. So I've picked up a little bit of Paul George as a rookie and also Paul George uh, this year, the first, uh, the first cards in his Clipper uniform, which would be your select, your optic. Prism actually has him in his Pacers uniform, I believe. So you can't get him this year in Prism. Uh, so select and optic are the way to go there. Uh, and it's kind of the same with Chris Middleton as well. Um, Chris Middleton played at an all-star mm-hmm. level this year. He actually made the all-star team and he will be the second guy in Milwaukee. So if you think Milwaukee will win a championship, Chris Middleton will probably see his cards come up because he'll play a big part in that. Uh, again, He played less than 500 minutes his rookie year in Detroit. So you're fighting with, do I go with the rookie cards, which he does have a prison rookie, or do I go with his first Milwaukee card? So it's something to to fight with. Again, I don't know which one will play out. So I've been getting a little bit of both. Uh, And the last guy I want to talk about is a little bit more of a wild card. Uh, It's Landry Shamit. Jeff from Sports Card Investor talked him up earlier this summer. I know he's a big fan of his. And uh, for whatever reason, there's just so many storylines this year. Uh, and the Clippers kind of came out slower than people thought. He hasn't gotten the love that he did early in the preseason. I think if Landry Shamit comes out hot in the playoffs, you could see his cards come up. So he's another guy I'm targeting. Um, but those are five guys I'm looking at right now to invest in because I think as early as this playoffs, they could see their cards come up. Cool. Josh, who are you targeting? So I'm kind of going off – what right now, if the playoffs started right now, what the matchups would be. Uh, so, so two guys I'm looking at are Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark because they would be matched up against the Lakers. So lots of eyes on them uh, for that matchup. They could both be, you know, good by low uh, guys at this point to, to flip quick if they have a good game or, or, or two. Um, probably Brandon Clark more so than – Jackson Jr. because from DFS, we know that uh, Jackson Jr. fouls a lot. Um, so matchup with AD could, you know, lead to Brandon Clark getting uh, more minutes than Jaron Jackson Jr. Potential for, you know, better stat lines, mm-hmm. uh, more playing time could, you know, be a quick spike in his, his value to, to flip. Um, a guy that I'm looking at, to potentially buy after the playoffs would be Luca. Um, right now they'd be matched up with the Clippers. I don't see the Mavs beating the Clippers. So that could actually produce a, you know, a little drop in Luca, um, which would be a great time to buy anytime Luca drops. He's the future of the NBA, him and Giannis are probably, you know, the next 10 years, they're going to be the guys, um, and his, I don't see his cards going down, uh, plummeting, but it could be a, a nice buy low point. Um, 
Other guys, uh, Shay Gilgis Alexander, he's um, still really young, really good. Um, most likely a, like four or five seed matchup. So chance to, you know, make the second round. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of national exposure playing for the Thunder, but he, uh, you know, would get more exposure during the playoffs. He's, you know, future all-star that I think is a, a good uh, long-term hold. And one another guy that's just like a maybe to another Celtic is uh, Gordon Hayward. So he's kind of the third option uh, on the Celtics. And he's, he's really had a pretty good year uh, until the shutdown, um, you know, averages are, you know, pretty good points wise, rebounds, all that stuff. So I'd be curious to see if he has some good games, uh, to see what his cards do. There's not a ton on the market right now. I've been, I've been looking on eBay. There's really only a few of his rookie cards um, for sale right now. Um, but if you see some out there, I might think about picking them up. Cool. But that was it. Cool. Cool, cool. And I'm going to be uh, focusing more on NFL cards. Uh, I like the news uh, that they're – going to start initiating uh the beginning of of, of something that se- resembles a season so that's uh that's pretty exciting i'm looking at the kyler murray uh red optic autos uh for under 500 dollars. those those are nice cards um again the autograph on the card uh very nice looking and also the baker mayfield uh, prism silver Auto PSA 10. I'll probably be targeting that for under 400. Uh, that's also, you know, just a, just a nice looking card. I think Baker Mayfield's kind of got lost in the shuffle with all the focus on Kyler Murray and uh, Dak Prescott. We actually had Dak. I would be targeting Dak Prescott next week, but um, he's gone up probably a hundred percent over the last week. We actually had him featured too in our. Uh, our article, uh, Target's article last week, which you can find on uh, rotogroundinters.com sports card section. Um, it was a, uh, I think a PSA 10 uh, prism aut- silver autograph, and it's, it's, it's doubled in price over, over the last week. So he's, he's just on fire lately. But um, yeah, so Baker and uh, Kyler are probably the guys that I'm going to be uh, trying to target this, this coming week. So that's it for this week. Don't forget to subscribe to sportscardinvestor.com using the promo code uh, GRINDERS to get 20% off your first payment on any subscription. And uh, make sure it's the Market Movers subscription if you want to qualify for our contest uh, next week where we'll be opening nine packs of these for winners who've signed up for uh, the Sports Card Investor Market Movers subscription through our uh, promo code or links on our on our site. So make sure to uh, get in on that and give us a like and subscribe uh, down below. Helps us out. Helps us know that you guys like the content that we're putting out. And uh, until next week, take care and uh, good luck with your targets.